you don't become a cowboy until you saddle your own horse. That is creating a, an environment of responsibility. Hi, I'm Zach Aaron, and I've transformed the lessons learned in the rodeo arena into a successful 20-year career in entrepreneurial leadership, building teams, developing leaders, and helping companies thrive. Today, I coach Mavericks, artistic visionary business owners and entrepreneurial leaders on the wild ride of being the ultimate leader. Because true leadership is an art. It's not about what you do or how you do it. It's about who you're being. Leadership from the inside out. This is Being in the Arena. In today's episode, I want to talk about creating an environment of responsibility, of ownership within your business. Because if you're an artistic, visionary, business owner, a creative individual, then you know that the balance between your creative expression and the work you love and then having to lead and manage people can, can be quite tedious at times, especially as the business grows. It almost feels like there is no more time to, to be creative and think and work on the business and be strategic and look out on the horizon in the long term because you're so inundated with all the leadership and management of all the people. You must learn how to be the leader that's creating an environment where everyone is responsible. And that's what we're going to get in today. And here's the thing. I experienced this firsthand when I was 11 years old. My mom, Lisa, signed me up for the youth rodeo. And that meant every Saturday we'd go to these rodeos. And there was this one rodeo. It was during the county fair. There was a, a carnival over here on one side of the property. And then over here was the grandstands and the, the rodeo arena. And during the bull riding, this bull jumps over the arena fence and gets loose and starts running down the midway of the carnival. Like People are just screaming. They're running everywhere. And I look up and there's this guy on the back of a, a horse chasing after this bull. He's swinging a rope above his head. He ropes that bull by the horn and he drags that bull back into the arena. That guy's name was Bruce. And that night, my mom, she comes to me and she goes, Zach, I met Bruce. He's invited you to his ranch to work with him and his son, Travis. I'm taking you there next Saturday. And I'm like, that guy, that, that guy's going to teach me how to do that. Oh my, you know, I'm like, sweet. So the day comes, my mom drops me off. She leaves. And we're in the kitchen, and here comes Bruce. He walks in the kitchen. All right, boys, go settle up your horse. Meet me in the arena in 15 minutes. I'm like, okay, cool. All right. Start heading to the barn to get my horse, Joe. And then I'm like, I just stopped dead in my tracks. Wait a minute. Like, I've never saddled a horse before, like ever. I mean, I've seen other people saddle a horse, but, you know, you know, my mom, Lisa, she saddles my horse. She's always saddled my horse. Well, Bruce doesn't know that. I'm not going to ask him. What am I going to do? So I get my horse Joe out of the barn and you know, walk him to the horse trailer. I tie him up, you know, and, and just for context, like I'm 11 years old. So instead of going around him, I just kind of walk under him. <laughs> so I go to the back of the trailer. I get this saddle out of the back of the trailer. And this thing weighs about as much as I do. It's dragging at my knees and I'm dragging it around my horse. And I'm looking up at my horse like, how in the heck am I going to get this thing up there? Like it's up there. I can't lift it above my chest. So I set the saddle down. I'm like, what am I going to do? I look around and I see this feed bucket underneath the trailer. I grab it. I dump out the, the oats that are inside of it. And I flip it upside down. 
And then I pick the saddle back up. I take a step back and I take a step up on that bucket and I try to lift that saddle up and oh, still not, it's still too heavy. I can't get it. So I'm like, I'm going to try one more time. Now I'm going to give it everything I got. I took three steps back. I got kind of a running start. I jumped up on that bucket and that saddle landed on the back of Joe. I cinched it down, put my foot in the stirrup, swung my other leg around, sat in the saddle. I rode into the arena. Something was different. Like I was feeling like a cowboy, like a real cowboy. Like I was riding taller in the saddle. You don't become a cowboy until you saddle your own horse. That is creating an environment of responsibility. You and I, we have to create an environment and teach people to saddle their own horse. And that's what I want to share with you. I want to share three simple practices to get you started down this path. Because when you do this, all of a sudden, so much time and energy will open up. When you can kind of distinguish and draw a line between what you are responsible for and what everyone else around you is responsible for, because that's not what you're doing. I'm willing to bet if you're like most people, especially business owners, we put it all on our back. We take it all on. We're responsible for everything. And you know what? I can hear you arguing with me. Well, I am. It's my business. I mean, it's my behind on the line. Okay, fine. But that has a limited shelf life because you will quickly expire. You can't continue on that way. At some point, what got you here won't get you there. So if that's been the case, cool. And in a way, you've been a strong enough individual to carry that. But I'm willing to bet if you're listening to this, you're kind of starting to think, like, I'm not sure how much longer I can do this. Good. Listen to that. So let's start thinking about a new approach because I just want to draw some distinction around the word responsibility. You are responsible to the entire business, responsible to every single team member you bring onto your team. You're responsible to them. Like you're responsible to them in in giving them a paycheck on time, providing them a good work environment, providing the support, the tools, the resources. Yes, you're responsible to them. Now, you are not responsible for them. And that is where we get ourselves in trouble, I think. Because there's a difference between responsible to somebody and responsible for somebody. I'm responsible for my five-year-old. You're responsible if you have a child and they can't even drive yet, you're, prob- you're responsible for them. If they're under your roof, you're responsible for them, which is a whole different level of responsibility than being responsible to somebody. When you have a, a team of adults, you don't have to be responsible for adults. And I fundamentally believe, and try this on, I fundamentally believe all people are powerful. They may not think they're powerful. They may not see that in themselves, especially in the world we live in today, the media and a lot of the focus around mental health and burnout and stress and got to take care of our people. And there's so much emphasis on, we are like putting ourselves in this parental role of the people we lead. And I don't know, I don't know about you, but I try to lead my kids and it doesn't always work so great. Like, they don't always follow. And, and so I'm just saying like being the parent doesn't necessarily make you the leader. And, but we're putting ourselves in this parental role with, with people in our businesses. And I think it's fundamentally broken. We've taken this idea of servant leadership, which is a buzzword out there. And we all aspire to be servant leaders because look, if you're like me, you care about people. I'm willing to bet you care deeply about your people. There's a lot of compassion you feel for them, empathy, and 
we've got to really understand the true meaning of the word servant leader because servant leader, we've mistaken it to mean instead of caring leader, we've kind of turned it into being the caretaker. Or instead of coaching people up, we're coddling them. And this is hurting people more than helping them. It actually feeding into the headlines right now of burnout and mental health and people need help and need taken care of. Look, that puts everybody in a position where we're communicating to them that they are somebody that needs help. And we're putting them, this sounds kind of aggressive, but we're putting them in a victim position. They're not victims, but we're putting them in that position of a victim instead of communicating to them how powerful they really are. I don't think people are as burnt out as they really think they are. I think they're bored because I think the more, and check in with yourself, the more is asked of you and the more you're challenged and the more you experience your own growth, do you not come alive? I, I haven't felt burnout when I've, I've felt challenged and felt like I'm growing and progressing. Burnout isn't even so a thing. So our job as leaders is one and foremost, not to ask less good people, but to learn to ask more of them. So I'm just trying to create a little bit of a context. There's so much we could go into here, but just, just try this on. And I, I always say this, don't listen for agreement. Like, oh, you, how could he say that? Some people are really struggling out there and they're very, they are victimized. They are victims. Fine. But I don't need you to agree with me. What I'm saying isn't necessarily the truth. I mean, because look, there's multiple ways of looking at this and you can create a story around whatever, but this is the truth that really works for me. I'm finding it very useful and I'm finding it one of service. It, it's not only useful for me. I'm finding it actually is helping people tap back into who they are. So that's why I'm sharing from this perspective. And so don't listen for agreement. Just listen for insight. Try it on as a possibility. What if you took this on a little bit more in your business? You don't have to be as extreme about it as I am. I'm a coach. It's what I do. My job is to literally speak to people's greatness. I have to, I see past all the stories. You know, I just do. And the more I can do that, the more I pull out what's within them. And the more they are able to get back into touch with who they really are. But that doesn't mean you have to play at that level. I'm just asking you to take some insights from this. So let me get into it. So there's some practices, a few practices. I'm going to give you three today. Number one and two are going to be very practical and things you can just go apply. Number three, I'm going to be asking you to go a little bit deeper. And we'll see how that goes on a podcast. But I'm going to see, I don't know where this is going to go. But I, I know what number three is. But you're going to want to stay stick around for number three because it's something much deeper that has huge transformational impact when you start to see this for yourself. Okay, number one, practice number one. And what are we trying to do? We're trying to teach people to saddle their own horse, We're trying to create an environment where people are responsible, where we get to be responsible to people. We get to be responsible to powerful adults within our business, powerful, high-performing people without being responsible for them and becoming their parent because they're adults. Okay, so how do we do this? Three practices. The first one, I teach all of my clients, whether I'm doing a workshop or working one-on-one, -on -one, this one always comes up and it's probably one of the most powerful leadership tools, especially in today's age, that you could put into practice. Because here's the thing, you are going to experience people on your team and in your life that are overwhelmed or burnout or stressed or breaking down tears, crying. You're going to experience that. You're going to feel like, oh my God, I can feel this person's energy right now. And it's really low. Like I feel like they're at a breaking point. 
right? You've, you've experienced this. That's a fear of your, I hope I don't work. I don't want, God, I'm worried that I'm, I'm pushing them too hard. I don't want them to be too stressed. I want to be careful. Like those are the thoughts we have when we get around people, especially when they're kind of in that lower energy. We can feel it from them. And here's what we tend to want to do. When we feel that discomfort in others and that pain and, and struggle within others, we want to jump in. We want to rescue them. We might not consciously say that, but we do. We want to jump in and we want to help them feel better. And so we jump in and we rescue them. Hey, how can I help you? It's going to be okay. Slow down. We don't even ask them to do some things, even though we're like, we don't want to do them, but I can't ask. I can't ask Sarah because Sarah's already got so much on her plate. So we, we try to rescue them. We try to protect them. And I just want you to see how you're viewing that individual when you're that way. You're seeing them as needing your help. You're, you're putting them in a victim position, in a weak position. And the truth of the matter is they are not that. Now, I'm not saying be an asshole and just be inconsiderate. That's not what I'm saying at all. Please don't hear that. I'm just coming from the place of people are powerful always. They have, to, they are. I mean, look out throughout human history. Like, come on. We are not fragile people. We are freaking powerful creators, every single one of us. So it's time to start seeing every, everybody in your business as that because it'll start to inform how you approach them and communicate with them. So here's a practical way to do that. When you're in a position where you see somebody in it struggling, like I'm not saying like just put lipstick on a pig and like, oh, it'll be fine. You'll be fine. Just stay, you know, keep going. No, no, no. You're going to notice this, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to use this approach. It's called acknowledge and validate. It's one of the most powerful tools. I don't want, I don't like calling it a tool. It's not something you do to people. In the world I come from, we call it tools, but it's not a tool. It's, it's an approach. It's a mindset. It's you creating an environment for that person to take a freaking breath and check it back in with themselves because they're not doing that. They're so busy. And are you aware of that within you where you're racing so fast and feeling like there's so much to do? Like you literally lose connection with yourself. So this is a way to help those individuals around you to get back connected with what's really going on for them. Because as soon as they do, it increases their awareness. So now they can do something about it. And that's powerful leadership. That's coaching. And so the tool is called, I just called it a tool again. It's okay. We'll call it a tool. Acknowledge and validate. Acknowledge and validate. When you see somebody in that, that icky zone, <laughs> acknowledge and validate it. That's it. And so what this sounds like is, hey, Susie, it's understandable that you're feeling overwhelmed right now. Like you've got too much to do and not enough time to do it. Considering we're three people down right now and we're about ready to step into our busy season. So it makes a lot of sense that you're feeling a lot of pressure right now. And that's it. That's acknowledge and validate. You be quiet. You say that and you be quiet. And I'm leaving this pause in here because silence is uncomfortable. Yet, it's the most powerful thing you can do because what I want you to see this as you are creating space for people to get reconnected with what's really going on. So as soon as you acknowledge and validate them in the way that I just kind of showed you as an example, you just put them back in their own life. And what you're going to observe them do is you're going to see them take a, a breath of a sigh of relief. It's going to be like, yeah, yeah, it is a lot. I, I am feeling overwhelmed. Wow. And, and that just lowers the emotional temperature in the room. All of a sudden, 
the anxiety and the stress and all that stuff that, you know, it, it releases it on its own just by bringing it into somebody's awareness. You don't have to do anything. So instead of jumping in and rescuing and, you know, trying to make them feel better, that's not your job. You're not responsible for how people are feeling. Stop putting yourself in a position of being responsible for how people are feeling. That's not your job. That is always and always will be their job. It has to be because people are powerful and there is no way we can actually know how to help somebody. We might think we know, but we don't know. They know. They have to become aware though. And so you acknowledging and validating the, the uncomfortable emotions and validating why they're there by like, yeah, it is busy. We're down three people and we're heading into our busy season. It's no wonder you're feeling overwhelmed right now. It brings a level of normalcy. Like, oh, there's nothing wrong with me. It's just, it's normal. And it kind of releases the judgment, releases the weight. So that's the first thing I want to share with you. That's the first practice. I, I encourage you to practice that this week. Go find somebody and they're, they're all over the place. There will be a moment where you can practice this, whether it be with a team member, a spouse, your child, a friend, instead of rescuing, instead of giving them advice, just acknowledge and validate and, and then be quiet and just watch what kind of starts to unfold. You'll feel a shift in the energy. That's practice number one. Practice number two. This is kind of a follow on to number one. Number two is ask a question coming from a place of curiosity without trying to fix it or rescue or help them ask a question kind of like, what needs to change? I see the overwhelm and it's understandable that the overwhelm is there. What needs to change or what would you like to be different? Or how do we partner in and how do you get yourself in a position where you can be your best? What do you need? What do you want to do about that? How is that going to work for you? And these are all questions that you don't have the answer to. Like too many leaders, God, we ask questions like, Leading questions like we already know the answer, but all oh, the leadership book says I should ask questions. So, well, have you asked anybody for help? Have you, well, when's the last time you've taken a day off? Like, those are not the questions I want you to ask people. Those are leading questions. Those are stupid questions. We're smart, powerful people. We can figure that stuff out on our own. What we really need somebody to do is be with us and ask curious questions that. We don't know what the answers are. Like me, the asker of the question doesn't know. And honestly, the person I'm asking to doesn't know the answer is until you ask. And then as soon as you ask, they go inward and like, oh, wow. I really need somebody to take over the marketing email inbox. Like, God, that would be huge. And now we can create a way of doing that together. But you're letting that person be responsible. They're leading. They're leading. They're finding their own solutions. And so can you see the distinction between responsible to somebody and responsible for somebody? You're responsible to somebody to be with them and ask the questions and be a great coach to them. Yeah, you should. I would encourage you to take that on as a responsibility because that's what's going to allow your people to grow and thrive. And, that, and when that happens, everyone wins. You win, the business wins, they win. So that's number two, ask. So number one, acknowledge and validate, create that space, get them connected back into their own life. Ask questions based on curiosity. What's not working for you? What needs to change? How's that going to work for you? What's the one thing if we could take off your plate? You know, these are coaching questions. I don't, you don't know the answer to, and 
and they don't either until they actually start thinking about it. You're, you're creating an environment where they start thinking, and isn't that what we want? People thinking for themselves. So number three, so, okay, how do I share this one? Because this is, so this is about creating an environment where everyone saddles their own horse. This is about how you may have a tendency to self-sabotage this and not see it, and not see it. Years ago, somebody recommended a book to me called Codependent No More. And Codependent No More, it was all about this idea of codependency. And the book was, it's a psychological book. So you're reading about like, you're maybe married to an abusive spouse and how that can create codependency or alcoholism and drugs and, you know, stuff that I was like, well, that's not me, but I couldn't help read the stories in the book and be like, mine was much more subtle. I was starting to see how I was codependent to my business, to the results of my business. And that is probably the number one way you can self-sabotage. You and I both can self-sabotage ourselves when there's this codependency. And this codependency is kind of, it's like this cyclical pattern that, well, busyness. I think busyness is a codependency. And I'm no psychologist or expert on this stuff, but I'm going to do my best to explain because I think it's very important. It's been important to me. It changed things for me. And it's, it's so busyness as a business owner, you are the creator of your business. Like you created the business you have. And so if you don't like it and you're starting to resent it, you created it. You did. You have like, that's called being responsible. And so that's one thing you are responsible for. You're responsible to people, but you're responsible for yourself and your own energy and loving what you do. So if you're resenting your business in any way, you created it. Now, I say that with love and I want you to receive that with your own love. Like, don't, don't judge yourself like, oh yeah, I'm such a bad person. No, 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 no. So busyness is a great way of creating some codependency because if we say we're busy, oh, there's so much to do. I haven't had time to work on the business and create what I do want and get on the strategy and, and spend more time doing the creative stuff I love. I'm so busy. That busyness creates a trap, a codependency. Like you are dependent on the busyness because as soon as you don't feel busy, all of a sudden some even more uncomfortable emotions start to arise. Like, do I even really know what, where to take this business? Am I really creative enough? Am I a good enough leader? And so we use all these things in our environment to, we, we, we attach ourselves to this stuff because there's kind of this dance that we get to play like with busyness, like there's doing. And then what, what does it feel like when you do have the occasional day when you get a lot done? It feels good. Feels good. I solved some problems today. But yet, if you really zoom out and put your CEO hat on, you still aren't really moving forward toward what you ultimately want. And that's the danger of codependency where we can be put ourselves in a position where we feel like we've got to get our people to think and be a certain way so that we can fulfill on our role in the business. So we spend all our time and energy on trying to get our people on board, bought in, in agreement with our vision. We, we spend all our time and energy there and we're kind of creating a codependency because we're responsible for them. We got to, got to help them and oh, I got to take care of them. I got to make sure they feel good about it. I don't want to overwhelm them. And, and we put all our time and energy there and people are 
going to feel what they feel. And so now we're at the effect of all of that. And we just get all entangled in that. And what we're not doing is living up to who we know we are and fulfilling on our mission. And we're blaming them for it. And I'm just saying, don't do that. That's self-sabotaging behavior. That's in a way codependent the behavior. Back to the distinction of responsible for, responsible to. Who's responsible, really? And you are responsible for only one thing, ultimately, and that is you. You fulfilling on your dream and your vision and your creative expression. And those desires on your heart, those things you want to create, that's what you're responsible for. Everything else around you, you, you have some responsibilities toward them. But when you confuse the two, you put all of the other stuff in front of the dream and you never get to the dream. And that's where the resentment comes from because you're not actually doing and being the person you desire to be and and do the things that you know will move the needle. And you can only do that for so long until you really do start doubting yourself. Can I really do this? Is this really working? Do I even want to do this? Do I want you to start thinking about quitting? And so this number three, the pra- what is the practice? The practice is, are you being responsible for you and your dream and your vision? And are you committed to it? And are you prioritizing it? And are you basically sharing it and saying, this is what we're doing? Kind of who's with me? If they're not with you, then we're going to try to have them be with, but we don't need them to be with us because sometimes people just aren't the right people for the vision. And so it's like the vision has to come first. Your desires have to come first because you're the leader. Your job is not to take care of people. You having and holding a big vision and staying committed and to yourself, loving yourself enough to see it come to life is the most inspiring thing you could do for your people. And the right people are going to love you for it and they're going to follow you for it. And those that can't get out of their own way, they're going to move on and that's going to be a blessing for you. It's going to serve you. But that will never happen if you stay entangled in trying to be responsible for people. Parenting them. That's not your job anymore. Okay, so I would love to hear from you. Like these, these three are powerful. Acknowledge and validate. Stay curious and just keep asking questions, questions you don't have the answer to. And then number three, look internally. How might you be sabotaging this? How might you be creating some codependencies in a way keeping you from growing and moving into what you really desire to do? If I did anything on number three, just to create a little of awareness around it, then that's great because that's where it begins. Just starting to become aware of it and see it for what it is and kind of hold it at a distance, no judgment. So this was the very first episode of the rebranded In the Arena podcast. I'm really looking forward to sharing more things like this, but also, if you know any guests that you would love to see me bring on the show, my only qualification is these are people that are in the arena. They're creators, they're building businesses, they're on mission, and they are in the arena. On that razor's edge of continuing to be a great leader without sacrificing their creative expression and their ultimate vision. That's the people I want to bring on the show and I want to hear from them. So if it, even if you don't know them, if you like really admire them, just drop them, let me know. Because that's a great reason for me to reach out. Hey, I've had 10 listeners on my podcast all say they want to hear from you. That would be a great way segue for me to invite them to the show. So please drop some names, share them. And if you would like to come on and share your story, 
do that. Reach out. And here's the thing. There is some really, there's some great power in coming on and sharing who you are with a greater audience. And I encourage you to do that. And I encourage you to do it with me. I would love to have that conversation with you. So thanks for listening and we'll see you in the next episode.